Turn Up The Talk podcast, tackling mental health together. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Turn Up The Talk, brought to you by Radio Hub Studios here in Alexandria, and our major sponsors, Doyle's On The Beach, down at Watson's Bay, and the Clavelli Hotel. You're joined by Pat Clifton, Lockie Drew Morris, Luca Moretti, and today we're joined by Australian Aussie Sevens player, Dylan Peach. Peachy, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good to be here. Grateful for you guys to give me the opportunity to come and talk. Oh, thanks for coming on. So, uh, I just mentioned you're a Sevens player with Australia. How's that kind of going at the moment with COVID? Yeah, it's, it's a bit, a bit how you're doing at the moment. Um, we don't really know when we're playing next, but we're kind of just taking it day by day. We're still in there training. To, it's been real, real chill, but um, trying to get in there and just keep the boys together. I think uh, our, the earliest we can play is February. February or late January, so um, we're just trying to take it day by day, just like everyone else at the moment. But yeah, it's been good, it's been challenging, and it's um, really bonded us, I suppose, as a team. Yeah, for sure. So what are you doing now, rugby-wise? Obviously, you can't um, play sevens. Yeah, yeah, because sevens is, is off at the moment. I'm playing wicks at the moment, um, three from three at the moment. <laughs> low-key there, <laughs> top of the table. Um, yeah, so that's been really enjoyable. Like, I, I haven't played... I've, Played three three games at wing now, so yeah, I've wing. shifted from the back row to the wing. So it's been a good challenge for me. What's your preferred position? Um, wing, wing, wing. <laughs> wing. Back row is too hard for me. Too many rucks for me. Have, have you, have you been getting flogged at sevens? Uh, no, not really. No, so the boys, some some boys are because they haven't um, chose anything. to chose to play club. Oh. Um, so then they just purely doing sevens, but we're kind of chill in a sense, and they've been really good in that sense that um, they're like, oh, we don't overtrain you, obviously, because mm. the injury rate. So um, it's been challenging, I suppose, but it's not been as hard as it normally would That's be. That's unreal. I've done three presences pre-season this year and played two games, <laughs> both trials. Yeah. It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> About an eight-month pre-season. Fuck <laughs> you, that's all I can say. It couldn't have happened to a better person. <laughs> what's, your, what's the change been like? Obviously, going sevens, playing sevens for a couple of years. Yeah. Is it a big difference for you, or because it's on the wing, it's pretty... Um, not, not really. Let's face it. Yeah, it's, it's a bit easier than back row, but no, it's, it's not too bad. Like, obviously, playing 14 minutes compared to 80 minutes is a big difference. Like, mentally-wise, you have to be in it a lot more, but... Other than that, I've, I've really, really enjoyed being around um, all my mates. Playing with my mates is probably the biggest thing that people I've grown up playing at school and stuff with. So it's, I've really enjoyed being at Wicks. I love the Wicks there. That poor wing array. <laughs> poor wing's going to match up. <laughs> uh, video came out, I'd say a month ago now, of mm. you down at Randwick, Coogee Oval, speaking about your experiences with mental health. And, you know, Lockie and I have had the chance to play with you. Luke is in the league system. And... You know, we were oblivious to the fact that you ever suffered from mental health illness and that video really hit home, especially, you know, now being an Australian representative to speak out and be so confident with it is amazing. So can you just tell us a bit more about your experiences with mental health? Yeah, so that, that video, um, it, it came out, I, I wasn't the person who kind of fronted it. It was actually our player development officer or manager, sorry, um, Annika Lalik, she kind of came out with her email was like anyone want to talk about this and I spoke to my dad and I was like listen like I'm, I'm in the state in my life right now where I'm really happy to talk about mental health and to share my experience and I talked to dad about that and asked him if he was fine with him with him talking about it. he's like yeah, yeah that's fine and then um we did it and it probably took a 12 months or so to come out but um 
Yeah, it was back in about 2018. So I went my first year of uh, first year of like I debuted straight out of school. Really, I went straight into everything, um, and it was kind of just a massive blur. Like you just don't I don't really remember much of the first year. It was just you know traveling around the world doing that kind of stuff. You know everything you dream of. Really, I've only been to one other country before that. Um, yeah. my, my, my parents, well, my dad's been out of the country once his whole life. My pop's been out of Naranja twice in his whole life. Mm. So it was like a big shock to me. And then the second year, when you're kind of getting, trying to get more experience and get more game time, you're not like, the first year you weren't really caring about game time. The second year, you're kind of like, oh, I want to get better. I want to improve a lot more. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to do certain things. And I was just going in shambles. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then I kind of, one thing led to another, and um, I was a lot of, I suppose, self-doubt and stuff. I got in a really bad routine of like, I'll go to bed at 10 o'clock, I'll cry myself, I'll cry in the mirror till about 11.30, and then I would sit in my bed just staring at the roof till about one o'clock, and then I'll go for a walk till for about three hours. I don't know where I was going, I was just going for a walk. And that routine was just, I thought it was normal, which I don't know, now I look back on it and I'm like, I don't know how I thought that was normal, but I was in the state where I didn't think, oh, I thought that was my norm. So that kind of just built up and then, and then I tried to take my own life. Um, and then well, I literally spoke to my dad. Um, it, was, it was like he, so my, my girlfriend at the time, I told her, because it didn't go through, I told, I told my, um, my girlfriend and then my girlfriend told my dad, and my dad rang me. And I spoke to him for about four hours, I reckon. Um, and then I think the, the best thing from that conversation that I had was that he literally named the exact same routine that I'd been in. And I was kind of like, shit, like. Is that that he'd gone through? Like literally, yeah. yeah, literally exactly what he'd gone through. He's like, oh, were you crying yourself at this time? Were you like walking at this time? Like, and like, I was still, like, I was still training. Like I'd be on two hours sleep still training. So. Um, yeah, that, that was like the biggest thing. And I was like, and when I talked to dad to make the video, I was like, I don't want people to have the conversation that we did on the, like, I didn't want them to be late on the conversation. And I didn't want people to be like, oh, I've been that too. I wanted to like mold it together rather than being like yeah. reactive, proactive rather than reactive. Mm-hmm. And you said, you, you know, your dad was a big part of that. Mm. Um, when you finally did have that conversation, did your relationship change with him? Yeah, oh, it's next level. Like, obviously when I was in my challenging with my mental health issues, um, mm. I didn't really talk to anyone. Yeah. And he was part of that, I didn't really talk to him. But as soon as I talked, I talked to him every single day. I think if I don't talk to him on one day, like we'll have a like, two hour conversation <laughs> the next. So yeah, it's changed Jack dramatically. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, literally he's, the person I go to for everything. That's unreal. Mm-hmm. With the career you had at the time, like you said, you were living a childhood dream, mm-hmm. traveling the world, playing sevens. A lot of people we've spoke to and even ourselves, before we'd come out and talked about our, our mental health issues, we almost felt a guilt of, I don't deserve, I, I I'm, shouldn't feel like this. Like mm-hmm. I've got the world at my feet, if that makes sense. Did you feel a sense of, not greediness, but why am I feeling like this and almost ashamed to speak out when you could think someone's going through a worse thing than you? Yeah, bro, 100%. Like, I was I was so materialistic with everything that I had. I was like, okay, well, I've got a car now. That should make me happy. Like, I've got this job. I've got this rugby. That should make me happy. You know what I mean? Like, I've just won a game. That should make me happy. Whereas now I look at it in a different sense. It's like, I've got a lot of other things that make me happy than rugby and materialistic objects. So, 
Yeah. The conversation like he touched on with your dad mm. and then, so where did you go from there? So you had that initial four hour conversation yep. and then what actions were taken after that? Yeah, so after that, um, it was, it was a, probably a process of about three or four months where dad and I would chop, like would make little mind maps and like in my book and say like, who is Dylan Peach? Cause dad asked me, he's like, who's Dylan Peach? I said, oh, I do not have a clue who I am. Like I do not know what I stand for, don't know my values or anything like that. So we did mind maps just salting out like what I enjoy, what I love doing. And that took about three or four months. And then like why I want it, why I'm playing rugby. That was probably the biggest one for me. Like if I like, it's another thing doing something. It's another, and then it's another thing knowing why you're doing something, having an impact on other people. So it took about three or four months of jotting down kind of who I was and what I wanted to be. That um, initially that's what ended up being. Now here I am now. How long? I was going to say, how long were you feeling, how long was that lifestyle you were saying of going to bed, yeah. crying yourself to sleep, going for the walk, how long were you doing that until it reached the point of yeah. pretty much your, your max? Probably, it was from November to July, I'm not really good with numbers, but it was about that. <laughs> Meredith's our number now. <laughs> Seven and a half. Seven and a half, then there you go. But, um, July 6th, that's all good. I was close. <laughs> Is it actually seven? What is it? What did you say? July? I said, no, I said November to July. Okay. It's seven. seven. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right, isn't it? Seven and a half. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go on. So, yeah, about seven months. Yeah. Um, yeah. When um. I know for me, like with some stuff that I've gone through, and sort of link back to what you said before with enjoying stuff. You don't know why you sort of are doing it, but you just do it. Mm. Does that, does that, did you find that? Like with footy, yeah. like, yeah, okay, it's good to know why you do it, but it's just like when you play footy or when you do something, you enjoy everything else just sort of goes away. That's what yeah. I found. Have you had the same experience? Yeah, I was, I was just kind of doing rugby because I was good at it, not that I wanted to do it. Yeah. Like I genuinely hated rugby. I like, I don't want to play it, but I'm like, I'm good at it, might as well play it. Mm. And then it just kind of, it's just a slope from there, I suppose. Spiral. Mm. Yeah. Did you, um, spoke about your dad before when you opened up to him when he opened up to you did you sort of see him more as a person rather than a parent yeah yeah like we're so chill like he's it's literally one of my he's my best mate literally just have a yarn with him all the time like it's nothing like parental like he goes if you're gonna make a mistake like I'm not gonna push you against it like it's your it's your life you're gonna do it so um he's just like a mate really just there for advice when I need it and um yeah, definitely changed from more of a parental kind of strictness to just a chill kind of vibe, which is really mm. what I need as a, as a, I'm a pretty relaxed person. Yeah. How's that outlook change on rugby now? You mentioned you, you didn't enjoy it at the time, you just yeah. did it because you were good at it. How was kind of speaking out and, and really being public about everything you've gone through and talking to you, how has that changed your outlook on rugby? Yeah, it's changed a lot. It, um, it took a while for that too, but I, I think the biggest thing for me in terms of rugby is what I do with the Ron McDonald House. So I'm an ambassador for the Ron McDonald House as well. And that really shifted my perspective in the sense that I don't really care if I lose a rugby like, Obviously, I'll be like, oh, it's a bit annoying that we lost a rugby game, but it's I don't really care if we win or lose because there's a lot of other people that have a lot worse battles than me. Like there's little kids, like I'm, I'm close with a fair few families that are going in and out of... Um, a rehab and kind of stuff like that. So I think what they're doing is a lot worse than what I'm doing. 
So I shouldn't be worried about losing or winning a game, which I think for me personally has helped me tenfold for my rugby. Like it's increased dramatically. Um, and yeah, it's helped what I do off the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah. Just going back to, um, back to the start almost, you said that you, you debuted straight out of school. Mm. Um, can you talk to us? Cause I, I, I come, I'm in that environment where, you know, it's, it's full on, you know what I mean? Mm. How hard was that for you? And did you almost feel like you were just chucking yourself in the training each day without getting help because you almost felt forced or you didn't want to didn't want to lose on an opportunity, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, can you just explain like what yeah. you've gone through? Yeah, because I had so many people like telling me that this was a great opportunity and like I should be doing you this. You almost felt what pressure did you? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent pressure yeah. just to go into it and go full balls into it. Like I, I was getting paid ten grand a year. Yeah. I should only be training once a buddy month, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I was training full time, full time, like five days a week, and mm. like our sessions are pretty, pretty cooked. Um, and then like, going from a school system where you're kind of especially in the GPS system, I was treated as, as a baby in the sense that like, if you play rugby, you can get away with a few things, yeah, where yeah. when I went into that, you could not get away with one single thing. Yeah, small fish again. Yeah, literally, yeah. Go, small fish. So um, yeah, it was, it was pretty hard, like getting thrown into things. But I think now that I look at it now, it's pretty good in the sense that I have the perspective when the younger kids do get thrown into it, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, like you gotta yeah, yeah. be this and this, I'm really chill with them and try to be as close as I can yeah. with them because I've been through that and I know what it can do to you. Yeah, no, that's good. How can you relate to that, Moretti? Obviously, you were you played Australian School Boys for League and Union. Yeah. And you obviously had Rugby Union and Rugby League chasing you out of school. Yeah. And you're 18 years old. Yeah. How did you go about that, handling that pressure? And did you feel that sense of, I just have to do it because that's what everyone expects of me? Oh, yeah, well, like, I'm still going through that now, almost. Um, well, so I can relate to I can relate to Peachy because I just feel like I just kept throwing myself in because, you know, I'd, didn't want to lose having an opportunity. And you know, you, you train with all these guys and you're almost kind of shocked. And for me, I didn't really have a voice. And like, I still, I'm still, you know, working on that at the moment, trying to speak up for myself and trying to um, own what I have and own, you know, who I am. But yeah, I can, I can relate 100% to that. Like, you just don't want to be a problem. You know what I mean? You just want to be a part of that and it's almost, um, daunting to kind of put my hand up and go, yeah, I've got a problem because you want to, you don't want to be that problem. You know what I mean? You just want to be a part of it. Yeah. You just want to be, well, that's the thing for me. I just wanted to be a part of it. I didn't want to, you know, be a yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, I didn't want to be that problem. Yeah. I didn't want to have to be, you know, that person. So I was just so, um, glad to be there, happy to be there. I just didn't want to miss out on the opportunity. And that for me was probably the worst thing I could have done, like looking back on it now. So that's, kind of what I'm working on now is just, you know, owning what I've got, owning what's in between my ears and... Yeah. yeah. How did both of you go about, I'll ask Peachy first, finding mm. that, like you said, you came out of school straight into mm. World Sevens. Like, it's yeah. crazy. But then you've got mates who are probably going out, mo you know, they just finished school, they're yeah. probably going out most weekends and I guess you'd want a balance between that. How did you manage that? Yeah, I definitely didn't manage it my first two years, which is probably one of the worst things I could have done. Like, I was going out Wednesday and Saturday Chief Topo Wednesday, um, um, literally like, every single week and that did not help and then you've got to train, like we had our biggest session was Friday, I'll go out Wednesday to like four in the morning, then Thursday I wouldn't recover or anything and then Friday I have a big session. So yeah, I, di I, didn't, I didn't monitor at all, which I am really, really strict on now and it's helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, I was not very good at monitoring, that's why I turned into a spiral I suppose. Right, so. Yeah, um, I pretty much had the worst experience in that. 
So, <laughs> what week three or four in pre-season in my first um, first season the Roosters, I went to schoolies. I went up to Byron Bay, tore the ass out of it. Like, <laughs> grouse week, but came back ten kilos lighter, like sick as a dog, and they just they almost said like, look, like we don't want you anymore. Send me home. So that for me was huge wake up call. Because yeah. I just it was it's either it's either one or the other. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you. I mean, one, you know, if you have a weekend off, you know what I mean, that's, that's fine, but your mates are out of school, you know, after doing the HSC and that, all they want to do is go out, and you know, you've got a job, and that's how I say it now, you know, I've got a job, so I don't want to, you know, go out and get pissed, mm. because I've got to go working on Monday. You know, my mates, you know, finish uni on uni holidays, they don't have yeah. that, and they don't have that opportunity, so that for me was a big turning point, which either you can only have one or the other, really. Yeah, you have to be like, very selfish with, with your actions. Yeah. Um, especially like, on weekends and stuff, where, like even when I play on Saturday, I don't really want to go out as much because then on the Sunday I want to recover and then train on the Monday. Yeah. Mm. Whereas people who, like they've got other jobs and stuff, which I completely understand, but like we're, that is our sole job. We want to, obviously you want to get better at your job, so yeah. you've got to do extra stuff. But I was exactly the same with the mm. schoolies. Um, our coach, Andy Friend, was like, mate, we're going to take you. So I was supposed to debut earlier. But um, he's like, mate, I'm going to take it to Dubai because one of the boys got injured just for like a for a little tournament and then potentially play Cape Town. And I've already paid 900 bucks for schoolies. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, mate, I, oh, I'll have to think about it. <laughs> that, that wasn't, that wasn't the, let's be honest, that wasn't the sole reason. <laughs> and then, um, and then I had to think about it. I was like, mate, I'm not going to go to schoolies. So I ended up going to schoolies and debuted in Wellington rather than Cape Town. So... Yeah, that's my story. But that's yeah. probably a bit nicer than mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, like before this year, you're away with the boys so much on tour. Mm. Has anyone like have you related to anyone when you were going through stuff, or has anyone been really good for you about um, the group? There's yeah, there's been a lot of people who have helped me out. Um, Jesse Parry, for one, he's um, he was at the Tigers for a bit, but he's he's an old boy. He just um, he's not with us anymore. But um, as in sevens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he he's uh, he helped me through a lot of injuries. I had a lot of hamstring injuries, and um, to mentally get back in training every day and trying to improve my hamstrings every day, he helped me a lot with that. Then Matt Hood, he was another bloke. He's one of the best blokes on earth. Um, he helped me with in terms of like, I do journals every night, and he helped me yeah. like kind of uh, put that all together. Um, and I know he's just a good bloke that I could talk to, and and Ben O'Donnell as well, just a really nice guy you can just have a chat to no matter what so those are three key blokes that oh and Gerald Skelton is my best mate he's just a bit of a yarnsman so it's good but um yeah those four the four that kind of helped me through that aspect of my life and I, they actually didn't know it until until they'll um let go Matt and um Jesse until they'll let go a couple months ago I was um I messaged them like oh mate like this this and this like this is how you've helped me and um they were really grateful like I I couldn't ask for better teammates than them. Mm, mm. How's your lifestyle change? You mentioned before you do a bit of yoga every morning. Yeah. What, what <laughs> lifestyle changes have you made to benefit your mental health? Um, yeah, so I do a lot. I do a lot now. Um, I've, uh, yeah, um, so I wake up in the morning. Um, I do my, my yoga for about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, and I do mindfulness with a headspace out for about 15 to 10 minutes. Um, and then I've got like, I eat my breakfast stuff, go to training, do stretching in the morning, do training, then I've got a stretching routine every night that I do before I go to bed. And then I've got 
I, I use the, Res the Resilience Project. Have you ever heard of yeah, them? Yeah, I have. Briefly. So I use them. It's kind of focused on gratefulness, empathy, and mindfulness. So um, do that before you bed. Like, what are you grateful for for the day and stuff like that? And write down. And then I've got my own personal journal that I write down mm. um, what I what what I did during that day. Mainly just to remember what I did in a day and like be grateful and just remember all the little things that I did. I heard, uh, sorry, I heard you did a bit of yoga this morning, Joey. Did, did. Do you want to touch on that? <laughs> you were going to be stiff, mate, that was um, it? I heard, heard it was AR, uh, but um, <laughs> I did. It was uh, great. Yoga with a dream on YouTube, 8 million followers. Was that, was that, was that by yourself? <laughs> uh, I was with my girlfriend. I have done it by oh, myself. Oh, right, right, right. right. So, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's I'll you, you down to Coogee a couple of mornings a week. You go down there and do a bit of beach yoga. Me? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not a beach man. I like the sand. I like, I like the, the timber floor and the carpet. It's much better. Yeah. The carpet. <laughs> but no, it is good. I, I find yeah. this is a good way to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing you doing the downward dog. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> um, just, yeah, go, 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 come on. Which one's down with dog? I don't know. No, I gotta go to the, do it this way. Well, I'll, I'll do Cobra and then I'll go like. Do the wide legged down with dog. So, I don't think I can say it, Jerry. That's a Cobes. Cobes? Yeah. And then into downward facing dog. Oh, how oh. stiffy you. Oh. That's unreal. Yeah. And then back into Cobra. Sit down, sit down. So uh, just bringing it back. Um, you know, you mentioned that video, uh, and like that for us, well, I, mean, I remember I, was, I um, saw it for the first time, and I was just fucking spacious. I was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. for me, you know, resonated so much to me and kind of, I could relate so much. And you know, saying that, I kind of looked up to you, I was like, fuck, like, that's unreal. Um, how was the support outside your network? I, I, you touched on that, um, you know, your support in the network, Network being like your team, you know, the, the people that you're surrounded by was really good. Yeah. Was there people outside your network that were like, that said, you know, this is unreal and can you touch a bit on that? Yeah, I, I had a lot of messages. A lot of people come to me, even before. So I showed my teammates and all my family members before it came out, probably yeah. a month beforehand. And even before, when I showed the team after that, a few boys came to me and started talking to me on that. Um, yeah. But outside my network, I've probably had about 300 plus messages of wow. different people kind of um, telling me their story and what, what they've been through. And um, yeah, it was, it, was re it was really awesome to see people messaging me. Mm. And it's not in the sense that they have mental health issues, but met, uh, the fact they're able to talk to me about it, yeah, yeah. which is the best thing. And, um, and it actually helped because just before it came out, I've been working in, um, uh, as a mental health support worker for mm. the disability sector. So I kind of had all the right tools and stuff to kind of right, talk right. to them. I wasn't really just blindfolded in that sense. Yeah. But yeah, I've had uh, like heaps of support um, with how like I've been doing a fair few things that I'll be doing uh, do a few things at the schools and stuff like that now. Um, so yeah, outside of rugby, it's really helped me as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And what would be your advice to kids that maybe in the same position to you, not in the same position to you, that want to speak out, but a bit, you know, afraid? I know you're a big figure, you know, yeah. being, Australian sevens player and that. So, what would be your advice to to people, not with a you know bigger profile than you, but mm. kids that do want to speak out but are a bit scared to? Yeah, that, that's a really hard when people are scared to talk about what what they're going through. Mm. But I I think try and find someone who you're able to talk to. 
Yeah. Um, it can be a family member, it can be a friend. Someone you trust. Or yeah. someone you trust, yeah. So for me, it was my dad. Mm. Like, I went through a few psychologists and that didn't work for me. That was me personally. Yeah. But when I talked to my dad, that was really good because it was really comforting. So mm. if you can find someone that you want to talk to and, like, you enjoy talking to, and then you, I suppose you find out if they're, if they're a genuine person or not, if they, how they respond. So yeah. just gauging that and... Um, trying to yeah, find a person that you really enjoy talking to. Mm, mm. You've also joined us or on Instagram going into schools as an athlete yep. program. Tell yep. us a bit about that. Um, yeah, so I'm a, now I'm a bite back um, mental health uh, ambassador which with the Black Dog Institute and we do, so what that focuses on is um, gratitude, mindfulness and uh, purpose and meaning. So it's six weekly challenges that we, we give them um, and uh, the teachers, so we do like a presentation and then the teachers will go off and try to do the weekly challenges with them and then we have like a, a kind of recap of an, a one other session after that. So it's really good, like I, I absolutely love that, like trying to get kids to be grateful, so just to, not grateful for the big things, grateful for the little things, day-to-day things. Um, teach them to do mindfulness, which I think is awesome for kids, like that's like one of the best things you can do. Um, and having some meaning, some meaning and purpose behind what you do, like I was saying before, like knowing why you're knowing why you want to finish school knowing why you want to you know talk to a girl or whatever like that yeah. um so I, I i love the program what they're doing at the moment yeah with mindfulness for someone listening who's kind of a bit confused and can you get apps to, to deal with it what's yeah. the best way to kind of teach yourself mindfulness yeah so there's there's so many apps i use headspace personally but there's there's, um, there's one called Mind, uh, the Resilience Project do one as well. There's so many different apps out there for mindfulness and they go through beginner stages as well. So you can kind of just play, play the audio, put, sit it next to you and just listen to the guidance that it gives you. And it, it like kind of shapes how you focus, I suppose, and just reshapes and try to put you in the present rather than thinking about the past or future. Hmm. What, are your, what are your goals moving forward? My goals in terms of career? Yeah. So career-wise, yeah, like my ultimate goal is ever since I played rugby since I was four, I've always wanted to be a wallaby. So that's Thank my you. ultimate goal in terms of rugby. It's, it's, it's a big How's that going for you, Drew? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's pretty grim at the moment, but I, I really, like I don't care about money or anything with rugby. I just want to play. I just want to have at least one cap for the wallabies. So that's all I'm trying to do at the moment. And off the field, I'm just trying to give back as much as I can. Um, I want to... Or mental health wise, I'm I'm gonna try and be a uh, in the management role. I was in I'm at Wellways at the moment. It's like a mental health company, um, and try to increase where I'm at there. So they're my goals thus far. Well, mate, you're like you honestly, you're an inspiration. I mean, you're probably the most humble guy you've met. You're an Australian sevens player. I don't know if you realise the impact you actually have on people having that profile. Because like I said, speaking to you, you wouldn't know it. You know, you're the most thank humble you. guy, and to come on and share that story so openly and publicly, thank you. And, um, you know, I can only imagine the people it's going to help. So thank you very much for coming Thanks. on. Thanks. Thanks really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. it. Cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. Uh, stay <laughs> tuned, guys. We might um, get some turn up and talk yoga classes going, <laughs> <laughs> led by the man himself. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? I'll pay you. <laughs> I've done one for the day. Peaches, get the yoga box out. Yeah. Fifteen minutes a day, and then there's it's injuries after that. <laughs> Just getting a little flow, getting the kinks, exactly. getting the nice little aches and pains out. That's what they're I know like you doing yoga in the morning, mate. It's a PG podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> That'll wrap us up, guys. <laughs> Thanks again to our major sponsors, our doers on the beach at Watson's Bay and Clavelli Hotel and Radio Hub Studios. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace.